this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag For Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. For many, Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. A time to be with family, a time to be with friends, a time to celebrate in the midst of life. But even if Christmas is an amazing time, there's also a certain element of stress, isn't there? It could be stress over you know, trying to buy the, the right gift. It could be stress over getting everything done before you have a few days off. It could be the stress of planning to have the family or friends over. Or it could be the stress of being around people that you're not always around a whole lot and they kind of bring a little bit of stress into your life. And, and one of the challenges of stress is that it can often begin to choke out the joy and the wonder of the season. But as I step back a little bit, you start to realize that this perhaps is more even a greater reality when it comes to life. That regardless of how good life may be, stress is always seemingly around the corner. Life can be good, life can be full, but there's also always seemingly a certain amount of stress. It could be stress over work. It could be stress over finances. It could be stress over your kids. And what you probably realize that no matter how old your kids get, there's always a level of stress. It could be stress over health. It could be stress over finances. It could, it could be stress over trying to make that important decision. Or it could be stress about the unknown of what is yet to come. The reality I'm sure for all of us is that not just at Christmas, but in the midst of all of life, we deal with stress. And stress can really oftentimes choke out that sense of joy, that sense of contentment. Over the last number of weeks, as we've been getting closer and closer to Christmas, we've been talking about the series, Chasing Contentment. How do we find ultimate contentment and joy in life? This week, I want to focus more upon one of the barriers, one of the obstacles that I believe we need to get over. We need to be able to maneuver around in order to find this ultimate sense of contentment in life. Because regardless of who you are, regardless of how old or how young, regardless of what you even believe about Jesus and what you think about Christmas, we all deal with stress. And so today, I want to talk about how do we silence stress in the midst of life and so that life can truly be content, so that we can truly live that abundant life that Jesus desires for you and for me. And so what I want to do is I want to jump back into the Christmas story because I think sometimes, I mentioned this last couple of weeks, the Christmas story um, can, can not only become familiar, but, but we start to read too many things into it. Like oftentimes we think of the Christmas story, that, 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 that very first time where Jesus was born as being so peaceful, such a lack of stress. I mean, we even plug it into our Christmas songs where we talk about how the baby in the manger, no crying he made. Like, like do we actually believe that? In many ways, when you take a step back into the Christmas story, particularly from the perspective of Mary, you see that the first Christmas was chock full of stress. So quick recap, it all began with Mary having plans to be wed to Joseph. They were, they were going to start life in, in Nazareth, in this tiny town in Galilee. 
and they were going to make plans and they were going to live together and life was going to be good. And then God interrupted their plans. An angel of the Lord visits Mary and says, listen, God has a different idea. You are going to give birth to the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Like, imagine the amount of stress that would bring upon you. And Mary kind of objects and says, what are you saying? What are you saying? This, this seems kind of beyond the reach because I'm still a virgin. I have not yet had sex with Joseph. So you need to explain how this is going to work. And the angel of the Lord is like, listen, no, 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 no. What's conceived in the, inside of you is from God, is from the Holy Spirit. It's not as if in that moment, Mary would be like, oh, okay, all my stress has gone away. God has got this covered. No, there must have been a million other questions like, well, is Joseph going to stay with me? What is my family going to think? What is my town going to think? Like, what is this going to mean for me? Like, the levels of stress would just increase, increase, increase. The story continues by telling us that the, the angel of the Lord also visits Joseph to kind of bring him up to speed. And the angel convinces Joseph to remain obedient and to remain wed to Mary. So maybe things are starting to get a little less stressful. Not exactly. Stage two of the plan of the Christmas story is now they have to leave their, their cozy town in Nazareth and travel days to get to Bethlehem because a national census has been called. Now understand, this is not just simply a cross-town sort of journey. It's load up all your stuff, it's get on a donkey, and start heading into the darkness of the night to get to Bethlehem. And oh yeah, by the way, Mary is like nine months pregnant. I can still remember it many, many years ago when I had to get Rebecca to the hospital because she was about to give birth to Canaan. Now, if you know me, you know I'm a fairly laid back, relaxed guy. Not on that day. We had bags in the car. We, it was snowing that day. And I was like, get the heck out of my way. I need to get to the hospital. So there was an incredible amount of stress. <laughs> I can only imagine what Mary and Joseph must have been experiencing. Well, then it gets even better. Then they get to Bethlehem, Mary's about to give birth, and what do you know? No place for them to even stay. No vacancy, no, no room in the inn. And so they end up going to a stable, hanging out with animals giving birth. Listen, in our context, in our culture, we, we complain if we don't have like our own private room or if the, big isn't, if the room isn't big enough. Imagine the stress if you're like, uh, by the way, uh, our birthing section is now in the garage. Like, go hang out there. Like, your level of stress would go through the roof. This is what Mary and Joseph were dealing with. And, and God was, was with them in the midst of it. Can you even imagine? Well, the baby's born. Things start to calm. The shepherds show up. And you think, okay, okay, it's been a stressful nine months, but now everything is going to be sorted, Right? We haven't even got to the best part of the story yet, where the next level of stress would have begun. It's in Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Listen to what happens next. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About the time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as everyone in Jerusalem. When Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared, then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way. 
And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother. Hope you caught that. Like, talk about next level stress. That after everything had seemingly fallen into place, after the stress of realizing that Mary was pregnant and she was still yet a virgin, after the stress of having to travel to Bethlehem, after the stress of having to give birth in a stable, and now the shepherds showed up and things were going to be calm and cool, they get word that the most powerful man in the land wants their baby dead. And so they have to pack up in the middle of the night and flee to another country. Not for days, not for months, but years. Can you imagine the level of stress that this little baby, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, was causing Mary and Joseph? I don't know about you, but the first Christmas was anything but stressless. What's even more amazing is is one of the names that was given to Jesus by the prophets long ago was he was to bring the Prince of Peace. Peace. Which makes you stop and think for a moment. Wait a second, wait a second. What is going on? You see, there's a popular belief that peace comes from the absence of conflict. That if we have stress, if we have difficulties, if we have frustrating people in our lives, that if they can be sorted, if they can be solved, that they can be removed, then suddenly we will be peaceful. That, that peace is the absence of conflict. It's a problem with that for two reasons. Number one is that it seems to indicate that then it is up to us to do something. But we all know in life that oftentimes there are things, there are stressors in life that we didn't cause, that we have no control over, that just seemingly happen to us. And so what does that mean? Do we just simply grin and bear it? Do we we just wait for this time to pass? Or if we can sort out the stressors in our lives, if we can sort out the storm that is coming, then what we start to realize is it's not too far off in the horizon that we see another storm of stress beginning to brew. And it's here that we need to lean in. You see, the Christian version goes a little bit like this. It's like, yeah, yeah, no, I get it that there's stress in my life. And so that's why when I pray, I simply ask God to sort out my circumstances, to take away my difficulties, and then all will be good. What do you do if you pray and God doesn't remove you from the difficulties? If God doesn't sort out your problems? 
I mean, think of Mary. Mary and Joseph were obedient to God, and their obedience didn't actually make their lives any stressless, but more stressful. Prince of Peace. Like, like what does that mean? Does, does to believe in God, to, to find peace from him, mean that God will just sort out all of our problems in life? I can't tell you that because I haven't experienced that in my life. And if I did, you'd be sitting there thinking, that is so not true. That even though I believe in Jesus, it doesn't mean that I don't experience stressful moments. So Prince of Peace, like what does that look like? One of the prophets who spoke of the coming of Jesus, hundreds and hundreds of years before his birth, the prophet Micah, describes it in this way. In Micah 5, verse 5, he says this, and he, speaking of Jesus, will be our peace. Hmm. Think on that for a moment. That Jesus will be our peace. There's something there. It's this peace of God is not just something that he gives in sorting out our problems. There's something even greater. That peace is not the absence of conflicts, but knowing the very presence of God in the midst of them. It's not God removing the storm, but walking alongside us in the midst of it. I often think of little kids when I think of the peace of God. That when my kids are frightened or afraid or filled with stress, that even though I may not change the circumstances, my simple presence with them will bring them a greater calm. Jesus speaks near the end of his life, actually on the night that would have brought the greatest amount of stress to his followers, the night when he'd be betrayed and then arrested and the following day condemned and murdered. This is what he said. I am leaving you a gift of peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. That, that should open our eyes to something. That when Jesus speaks of peace, it's not peace simply in the absence of conflict. It's rather peace in the middle of it. The Apostle Paul, one of the great followers of Jesus, near the end of his life, while sitting in a prison cell, reflects upon God's peace this way. He says, experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds. So if Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is not simply a peace based upon the circumstances, not simply a peace that is based upon the removal of conflict, then what is it? It's a peace that extends beyond our circumstances. It's knowing that God is with us in the midst of it all. One of the other names given to Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with you. The second thing is that it's a, it, it's a peace that, that actually guards our hearts and our minds, that enables us to, to steer away from stress and be reminded of the peace of Jesus. 
I don't know about you, but that's the peace that I want. Because I know that life is filled with stress, difficult people, unknown decisions. And if I start to take it all on myself, it keeps you up at night. And so how do you gain this peace? What, what does it start to look like? Back to Mary. Because there's an interesting line that Luke gives us about her. It comes right after the shepherds have shown up and are just in awe and wonder at what the angels had said to them. And after it's all said and done, in Luke chapter 2, verse 20, this is what Mary does. The Bible says she treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. In the midst of all that was going on, Mary treasured and pondered. To summarize in two words would be this. Be still. Be still. What does that look like? Be still is the better biblical version of the 24-hour rule. We, we all know the 24-hour rule, right? When something happens, when something goes wrong, when someone says something or does something, you just, you just want to tear into them. And before you do, you're like, I'm going to pause and reflect. I'm not going to allow my emotions to get the better of me because my emotions often take me to a place that I don't want to end up. And so I just draw back. Interestingly enough, I, I had one of those moments this week. I, I got a really frustrating email from someone. Listen, no, 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 none of you, none of you, no one from the church, no one related to the church, just really annoying email. And I was about to respond and just fire back a doozy, right? And Rebecca noticed something was up. I don't know what gave it away. Maybe it was me pounding on my keyboard and me muttering loudly outside. And Rebecca, as she so often eloquently does, is like, Joel, um, maybe you should just kind of step away and deal with that tomorrow. And my initial response like, no, 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 no. I'm going to deal with this right now. And then I realized the wisdom in it. And I pulled back. And I responded, but in a much more appropriate way later on. When God asks us to be still, he's not saying, listen, the problem isn't significant or even that the problem is going to go away. But can you bring your focus back to me? We're told that Mary treasured and pondered all these things in her heart, which means I believe for her, she reflected upon, again upon God, upon his goodness, upon his love, upon his presence in the midst of of it all. And so how was Mary able to respond when she was first visited by the angel, when she had to travel to Bethlehem, when she had to give birth in a stable, when she had to flee the country because the crazy guy at the top wanted her child dead? I think by being still and trusting God even in the midst of the chaos, even in the midst of of the storm. I don't know about you, but that's the peace that I want. And what you start to realize is that we can chase contentment in Jesus, not by avoiding conflict and difficulties and challenges, but by realizing that God is with us in the midst of it and that he and only he can give us this incredible peace. So 
how do we practice being still? What is the, what is the better biblical version of the 24-hour rule look like? Let, let me suggest two things that, that I do in, in my life. Not every day, not every week, but it's a regular pattern for me. The first one is to take time to be silent. I know that kind of seems obvious, but, but what I realize in life is that often in these great moments of stress, where I hear God's voice the most is in the quiet moments, where I take time to stop talking, stop focusing upon the problem, and just be still and be silent and allow God to redirect my thoughts. To actually receive this gift of Jesus this, that guards your heart and your minds in him means we are still and we are silent. Second thing I do, and I've, I've talked about this before, but, but I journal. Again, not every day, not every week. And, and I journal for two reasons. One is it not only helps me in the moment, but more importantly, it helps me down the road. So that when I come upon another stressful moment or another stressful person, I can kind of bust out my journal and flip back a few weeks or a few months or even a few years, and I can see how God has been at work in the midst of previous stressful moments in life. And as I read the journal, I, I don't always get a sense that, that the stress was immediately taken away. But I'm reminded again of the incredible, amazing things that we celebrate at Christmas. And that is the presence of Jesus with us. So how do we experience the peace of Christ, the Prince of Peace? Not by doing more. Not by trying harder. But by being still and being reminded again of not only the goodness of God but how God is in control. In a moment I'm going to pray and then Juan is going to conclude us with a song. And Maybe this is an opportunity for you in the midst of a, in the midst of a stressful season, in the midst of a stressful week, in the midst of a stressful year to be still and allow God to speak into your life where you need to hear it most. Let's pray together. So Lord Jesus, as we come to you this day, as we are, may we be still. Just take this moment to reflect upon you, to listen to you, to allow you to reassure us again that you are the Prince of Peace. That peace comes not in the absence of difficulties, but rather in your presence. And so may we focus upon you. May we learn from you. May we experience you in the midst of all of life. Amen. And so now may the blessing and love of God the Father, the grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the peace and comfort of the Holy Spirit be with you today and in all of your tomorrows. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. 
We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 10.30 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, We have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.